So um, today we're continuing a series. It's called Iron Sharpens Iron. And this is a series where we're really looking at what relationships look like in the kingdom of God. And we've been exploring some of that so far. We've looked at being sons and daughters. We've looked, we're looking next week at what it means to be brothers and sisters. Because throughout the Bible, you'll find these familial terms used to describe what relationships look like in God's kingdom. It's not just being members or participants or observers or an audience. It's about being deeply connected to one another. I'm glad my uh, slides have arrived. There we go. And uh, so here's what I want to talk today to you about. I want to talk about being mothers and fathers. Now, I'm not talking about raising children, your own children at home. That's not what I'm dealing with today. Neither am I talking about being a spiritual father in the sense of being an elder. But what I am talking about is something that is applicable for you and I today, which is how do we grow in this thing called mothering and fathering within the community of God's people and within his kingdom, which expresses his heart. It says this in 1 Corinthians 4, verse 15. This is the Apostle Paul talking. He said to a church, even if you had 10,000 guardians in Christ, you do not have many fathers. For in Christ Jesus, I became your father through the gospel. What an amazing statement to make. 10,000 guardians, but not many fathers. You know, there's many, many people in the world that you can seek guidance from, many books you can read, many podcasts you can listen to, many websites you could visit. There's lots of people who want to offer you advice and tell you how to live your life, but there's relatively few who really care about you. And the Apostle Paul is encouraging us to be those kind of people who care for one another. It's already come through the prophetic and the worship, who care for one another in this kind of way. Uh, when I was growing I became a Christian when I was a teenager many years ago and that was a result of a number of people um, really inputting and influencing my life I was raised in a Christian home by two great Christian parents and they sowed the Bible into me and they prayed with me every night I didn't become a Christian until my teenage years and that was the result of a school teacher by the name of John he taught chemistry but he made it his ambition to lead as many teenagers to Christ as he could while he was a school teacher and I was one of those I I crossed that line of faith and then I remember after I became a Christian I thought I need to find a church where I can grow and I went I remember I went along to a church and the thing you did back in those days when you became a Christian you bought the biggest bible that money could buy and it was leather bound I had it under my arm and I went to this church just to show how committed I was and here was the interesting thing. Nobody talked to me. I sat there. I mean, people, people shook my hand vigorously. And people said hi. But I went week after week and nobody engaged me. Nobody offered me a way in. So after a few weeks, I thought, well, maybe this isn't the church for me. And I went along to another church and I sat on the back row with my big Bible in hand. And just before the service began... A, a, a guy in his 40s, and his name was Ray, he came over and he just started talking to me. And he said, he said, my name's Ray. He says, what's your name? I said, my name's Dan. And he said, how old are you, Dan? He was quite an intense guy. That's the first thing I learned about Ray, that he can be quite intense. So that, and I, he, I said, well, I'm, I'm 15. And he said, great news, he says. Me and my wife, Rosie, we are the youth leaders at this church. 
and there's a youth gathering for coffee after church tonight. Are you coming? I said, yes. And he said, and there's a worship and teaching night on Wednesday. Are you coming? I said, yes. He said, and there's a youth social on Friday night. Are you coming? And I said, yes. He made made a way in. See, this is what it looks like to, to, to parent people in faith. It's to find ways in for them. And, uh, I mean, they were a remarkable couple. They, they had dozens, maybe 30 uh, youths in their house, often many days of the week. They weren't paid by the church. They did it all in their spare time. And, and I remember I, I expressed an interest in leading worship. And Ray said to me one day, he says, said, right, you're going to lead worship next week. And I, and I did. And that's how I grew how to lead worship. And then I remember another time, we, we, we went away on a week's holiday every year with the youth group. And uh, you know how youth holidays can be, uh, behavioural issues happen. And uh, we, we got back from that youth holiday and we sat in the youth meeting and Rain Rosie, they, they sat us down and they said, uh, so today we're going to do one-on-ones with all of you. And we're going to take you into the kitchen one at a time and we are just going to give you constructive advice on how you can grow in Christ and grow in faith. And everyone was slightly mildly terrified. But as I went into that room, I thought, well, what are they going to say to me? I'm doing pretty well. I'm leading worship. I love Jesus. I'm following him. I'm part of this church. I'm committed. And uh, this is what Ray said to me when I sat down. He said, uh, said, yeah, you're doing well. He said, and the worship's great and all that. He says, he says, you're pretty popular in the group. He says, he said, here's my concern for you. I, I think you're going to get a big head. <laughs> and, I mean, I was a sort of shy teenager, so I said, mm-hmm. but he was right. He was right. See, he was kind enough to call an unproductive behavior out of me because he cared enough. And God wants us to be those sorts of people. Many guardians in Christ but not many fathers it might interest you to know that Paul needed this as well in fact in Romans chapter 16 you read an interesting verse you you, you read him uh, greeting a man called Rufus and he calls him Rufus chosen in the Lord and, and he says greet his mother now Rufus was the son of Simon of Cyrene we don't have time to do that Bible study Simon of Cyrene who carried the cross of Jesus And now the Apostle Paul, who was once the enemy of the cross, is now friends with the family of the man who carried the cross. And not only that, but he seems to be kind of best pals with Rufus, the son of Simon. And he says this, and say hello to his mum, because she's like a mum to me as well. Isn't that amazing? Paul, who's a father to churches, he says... You know, I love it when I go to Rufus' mum's house because I just feel that kind of love and care from her. You know, the, the, the kingdom of God is remarkable. God's calling you to be mothers and fathers in faith, wherever you are in his kingdom, whatever church you're in, whatever workplace you represent, to convey this value set of love, of mothering and fathering. Now, let's... let's understand what this looks like because often when we talk about God we know he's father God father son holy spirit and straight away that can give us a bias in our understanding of well God must have masculine characteristics but that's not actually true and I just want to unpack that for a minute because 
when we understand who God the Father is and that he created us in his image, male and female, we understand all the best attributes of positive motherhood and fatherhood are represented in the fatherhood of God. So often we read things that we might associate with being sort of non-macho images of God, and that's totally good and helpful to challenge our stereotypes. So Psalm 91 says this, He will cover you with his feathers, and under his wings you will find refuge. What's the image? It's the image of a mother bird carrying the birds under her wings. He said, well, that's what God the Father's like. Jesus used the same image when he talked about Jerusalem. He said, how often have I longed to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings. Jesus says, I just want to get you like a hen with the chicks. In Deuteronomy 32, God is pictured as a mother eagle pushing the birds out of the nest, but then swooping down and catching them in case they stop flying. I think the, the, the father eagle's just looking out of the, the nest thinking, ah, they didn't make it. But the mother eagle swoops down and catches that young one. Now, in case this maternal language all sounds too gentle, God is also likened in Hosea 13 verse 8 to a mother bear who's fiercely protective of her cubs. We, uh, we, we spent the holiday last year in Canada. It was amazing. And we got to see from a boat um, some, a mother with two bear cubs. And we were about 100 meters away. And everybody in the boat was saying, can we get closer for photos? And the guide said, you dare not get any closer than this to a mother with her cubs. She says, you don't want to see that mother get angry. And God is likened to a, a mother who is that protective, fiercely protective where necessary, of his people but human imagery too beautiful verse from Isaiah 49 says can a mother forget the baby at her breast and have no compassion on the child she has born though she may forget mums it's okay to be forgetful though she may forget I the Lord will not forget I will not forget you God never forgets his children and here's some fatherly images. Psalm 103, it says, The Lord is like a father to his children, tender and compassionate to those who fear him. Tender, compassionate. Deuteronomy 1, 31, it says, There you saw how the Lord your God carried you as a father carries his son all the way you went until you reached this place. Fatherhood looks like carrying people on their shoulders when needed. Probably the best known story in the Gospels is the story of the prodigal son, or you could call it the story of the compassionate father who ran down the road to meet his estranged son who'd walked away from him. He's a compassionate father who cares for us. So let's put away these sort of Victorian images of fatherhood. Even when you say the word father, it conveys a certain kind of distance, but he's Abba Father. With our father, all fear is gone. We call him Abba. Now, what does it look like to be a spiritual mother or father? Well, it looks like conveying that kind of heart of who God is to people around us. And this is for you today. And whilst the Bible is clear that we shouldn't call anybody on earth mother or father, because God has that unique role in our lives, 
We're to value these things in our lives and to be these things to one another. So I've got three things to you as to how we can grow. Three characteristics of, of parenting. And maybe you can apply this, whatever your situation is, with the people around you in your life. Firstly, it's about this. It's about seeing. It's about seeing beyond yourself. It says in John 3.16, For God so loved the world, he gave his only son. Do you know what the happiest image in eternity we could imagine would be? It would be Father, Son, and Holy Spirit in unity together in eternity past, enjoying one another, conversing one another, loving one another without any needs at all. What drove them to send Jesus, for the Father to send Jesus into the world? It was this, that he saw it. He saw the need. He saw it. He said, we can't just stay doing what we're doing in this loving harmony forever. We have to send Jesus the Son to rescue this estranged human race. See, parenting is about seeing. Uh, Paul, when he couldn't get to a place, he he sent somebody called Timothy. In Philippians 2.20, he says this about Timothy. He says, I have no one else like Timothy. He's the greatest preacher of all. Oh, no, he didn't say that. He said, I have no one else like him who will show genuine concern for your welfare. That's what it looks like. It's to show concern for other people. This is the definition of spiritual maturity. is when you stop thinking about yourself so much and you start looking around and thinking, oh, I wonder how they're doing. It's great to hear about the, the Bethany Welcome Center. I, I, I love Bethany. I love how they started. I love who they are now. But they, they started really when a, a, a church leader and his wife, they looked at the need just across the road from their church And they said, you know what, we need to create a home for these people who don't have a home. And they made the very first Bethany home where they invited people with all sorts of needs in. And it all grew from there. See, these things grow when we gather people as God would gather them to us. Sometimes it's about seeing the need. Uh, Mary, the mother of Jesus, at... um, Cana in Galilee when there's a wedding party that we know where Jesus turned water into wine that story well where does that all begin well it begins interestingly with a mum with Mary and while everyone else is just enjoying the party she's looking around and she's noticing that the servants and the hosts of the party are getting more and more stressed out and she's looking around thinking, what is going on they've run out of wine what does she do she sees and then she goes over to Jesus who she knows can do something about it this is what parenting looks like it looks like to see things and to bring them to people who can do things about them sometimes in prayer you bring them to God sometimes you bring them to to somebody else who can do something about it and you say I've just seen this thing I just wanted to make you aware of it because I can't do anything about it but I think you might be able to do something about it this is what it looks like You know, the joy of this, the joy of seeing is that the more God opens your eyes, the more joy you get because you see God working in all kinds of diverse and wonderful ways. You see people grow. Here's the danger with having your eyes open more and more that sometimes you can just end up 
just with everybody else's needs preoccupying your mind and sometimes you can lose connection with your own needs and you just need to watch for that and have enough friends and other people around you in your life who say you know what I, I think you're just doing too much out there and you need to focus more on yourself and your family but this is what it looks like to grow in seeing here's the second element of parenting spiritual parenting it's labor laboring it's work it's it's an emotional roller coaster as well as just the day-to-day this is an image that paul used in galatians 4:19. he said my dear children for whom i am again in the pains of childbirth until christ is formed in you how i wish i could be with you now and change my tone because i'm perplexed about you now that was the apostle paul who said that it's a brave man who likens his pain to that of childbirth but that's what he does he says he says this is the best image i can think of right now because it's it's painful any kind of leadership any kind of parenting any kind of looking out for other people runs the risk of getting hurt it runs the risk of getting misunderstood it runs the risk of pain it's sacrificial it's costly for every success it's more than matched by perplexing thoughts paul said again in 1 thessalonians 2 he says for you know that we dealt with each of you as a father deals with his own children encouraging comforting and urging you to live lives worthy of god here's why it's perplexing here's why it's complex because in one sentence paul describes parental care in the church in three very diverse images he says well sometimes you need to encourage sometimes you need to comfort and sometimes you need to urge people and if you're going to step out of the boat from being a child to being a parent in in the community of god then it looks like this being afraid not being afraid to get it wrong i've sat with plenty of people and i've i've given them a comfort when what they really needed was an urge being told to to change or sometimes i've sat with people and said what you really need to do is is change this behavior but what they really needed was comfort and encouragement but you know as we step out in these things we we grow in them the joy of working is this that labor produces life labor produces children creation ended with rest when god worked he rested so when we work god will also give us rest when we work god will bring life through us but here's the danger that we can just get a bit discouraged when we lose perspective when it all becomes about labor and doing when it all becomes about the pain that can feel discouraging at times make sure that you take a step back when you need to to get yourself around some people who will encourage you and tell you what the bigger picture is and help help to see, help you to engage with what your labor is producing here's the third quality of parenting seeing beyond yourself it's laboring and it's releasing 
So true leadership doesn't subjugate or cause dependency upon itself. It produces children who grow up and are released. So Psalm 45, verse 16, says this, Your sons will take the place of your fathers. You will make them princes throughout the land. Here's the joy, here's the potential delight of parenting in the kingdom of God that you see people go much further than you went. You see your children rise up and do greater exploits than you imagined you'd ever do for yourself. Here's the joy of just being a human parent, that that you, you take delight when your kids go further ahead than you and and are more learned and more educated and and do all of those things that that you've never done. My kids, they feel like they're at that stage already. Um, I don't think they're there yet, but they they, they think that. But here's the thing. The joy is seeing your children become princes throughout the land. That's what God wants us to produce, not to be a bottleneck, but to release others. Here's the the danger of that, that if we don't release, we can become leaders who who hang on to people and stop them from growing into all that God's made them to be. I remember, uh, maybe three years ago or something now, that we sent our West Lothian uh, friends to go and plant a church who'd been members of Kings right here. I found that so costly and so hard at the time. I'm I'm kind of over it now. Just, Just about, I'm over it. But here's the thing, it was costly but it's wonderful because now they're in a great place of, of being a, a vibrant church in their community. They're well-led and there's uh, much excitement to be shared there uh, in, in weeks to come. So we're looking forward to all that God's done through that. But it wouldn't happen unless we'd released. Unless we'd released and said, go. It's time to go. So I want to encourage you today to think about this, to think about whether you need to grow in seeing, to grow in laboring, or to grow in releasing. Or perhaps you're facing a challenge in one of those areas. And today I want to invite you as we respond to God. Let's ask that God would help us. It, it could be that today you're watching this and you think, well, I'm not even part of the family of God. I don't think I'm a Christian yet. Well, I want to urge you to sign up to the Alpha course. But if you're in a hurry and you want to do that today, you can. And it's really about putting your trust in Jesus and what he did on the cross for you. That he took away your sin, your failure, your shame, and he nailed it to the cross. And if you put your trust in him, then Jesus, who rose from the dead, will come and live in your heart. And it says this, that whoever makes that choice, whoever believes in him, he gives the right to become children of God. And today, that's who you can become. And that's who he's made anybody who's watching today who is a Christian. So today, maybe you want to ask God to open your eyes, to give you grace in the labor, or to help you let go.